Hello and welcome back to Tivating Patiently, the appreciation podcast that highlights, dives deeper, and celebrates the work and accomplishments of our Tony-winning national treasure, Aaron Tivate. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and today's episode is all about recapping Aaron's concert at Mercyhurst University on May 3rd. The anticipation for this concert has been building for a year, and Aaron, of course, did not disappoint. Totally worth the six and a half hour car ride to get to Erie, and I'd do it again for Aaron in a heartbeat. My anxious self knew that we could not do the drive up to Erie the same day as the concert. So my husband and I road tripped the day before in the rain, and Aaron has given us multiple opportunities over the last year to take little trips away, just the two of us without the kids which has been amazing and very much needed. And as someone who does not enjoy long car rides, this one actually was not that bad. Minus the crappy weather, the entire drive to Erie, we got there without an issue. And I wish we could have seen Lake Erie with the sun shining on it, but that was just not in the cards for us that trip. It did get sunny for a little while during the day on Wednesday, the day of the concert, and I joked that Aaron must have just landed in Erie at that time. Aside from seeing and hearing Aaron live on stage again, I was so excited for the opportunity to reunite with so many friends that I've met over the last year and meet so many new ones who I've gotten to know through social media. One of them was Hannah. She was on the podcast two weeks ago sharing her Aaron story and we finally got to meet in person. Meeting her and her husband, it felt like we've always known them and it's not lost on me how easy so many of these friendships made through this Aaron community are. Everyone is just welcoming, supportive, easygoing, and kind. Everything Aaron himself is. Hannah and I talked concert outfit options because of course we overpacked and we had to have options, especially with how gross the weather was and our husbands just laughed at us as we gushed over Aaron and all things Moulin Rouge. Then before the show, my husband and I met up with my ride or dies, Emily and Carrie. We went to this little speakeasy for dinner and drinks and it was the coolest atmosphere. Mezcal Negronis were had and excitement for what was coming up was just so, so real. And once we arrived at the theater, the first thing we were greeted with was a poster of Aaron in the lobby. So of course, I ditched my husband and beelined it for the poster to take a few pictures before the lobby got too crowded. And then the reunion started. I shared on an earlier podcast episode, and just earlier now, how easy and authentic the friendships made through this community have been, and Wednesday was no exception. Reuniting with some friends that I saw throughout Aaron's latest 12-week run in Moulin Rouge, or meeting new friends in person for the first time, it was just the best. Everyone I encountered was just so excited and happy to be there, and lots of pre-show photos and hugs were just shared. The experience of Aaron Tveit walking on stage, whether it's on Broadway or for a concert, is nothing short of magical. Like, everything in the world just feels right in his presence. And it was so amazing to see that he had Brian with him. It was their 10-year anniversary since their first concert together, and to see them on stage for that milestone was huge. Those two are the greatest duo to ever exist. Maybe close second is Aaron and Ricky Rojas. Aaron opened with What Do I Need With Love from Thoroughly Modern Millie, 
and come ready to see me. Come ready and see me. He started his concert at Keene in November the same way. Aaron's version of Fight the Dragons is always beautifully done, and when he shares the story about his parents and the impact that they made on him in making his move into musical theater, it just makes the performance of that song so much more powerful. I was very, very fortunate at a very young age, 19, 20 years old, that I had parents that uh, allowed me to truly go for my dreams. I remember I was thinking about switching into the theater program, and I think I was a bit depressed, and you know, my parents kind of said, What's, you know, I was home for spring break, and they said, what's wrong with you? Why are you so down? And I said, well, you know, I'm thinking about switching into theater, and they, they were like, why are you complaining about this? Why are you worried about this? Go for it. They're like, you're 18 years old and you're broke. If you're 23 years old and you're broke, at least you tried. If you're 28 years old and you're broke, at least you tried. So I had parents that, at that time, could have said, no, 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 don't do that. Go study this safe thing. But instead, they said to me, really go for your dreams. And I truly don't think that I'd be on this stage, almost 20 years later, if they had not said that to me at that moment, um, and kind of allowed me to do that. So this next song is kind of about everything that I think storytelling is, and also a lot about my parents. Whenever I hear that story, I've always been able to make a personal connection to it when Aaron tells it, because much like Aaron's parents, mine have always told me not to settle. Whether it's in a relationship or a job, etc., they've always been supportive, but have also always encouraged me to go after what I really want and not settle just because. It used to annoy me so much growing up when they would say that, but it has served me well now, and in different situations, I always have those words in the back of my mind to remember and go back to. But, okay, back to Aaron. After he was singing Fight the Dragons, he talked about how he was almost cut from the musical theater program, and Brian didn't believe him. So listen to what Aaron told us about that experience. So lucky for me... Um after I switched into theater, they didn't cut me, even though they thought about it, actually. Uh, true story. Um, but <laughs> they did. They thought about it. Like, actually, like, warned you of danger? Oh, I, I, okay, so my first year, I switched into the to theater program. And at the end of the first year review, you have to go and you sit down with one of your professors, and they kind of, to your face, say, well, this, these, these people think this, and these people think that. And basically, well, this is, um, this is like a... <clears throat> This is like a therapy session here. <laughs> they told me that in my acting classes, they thought that I was unengaged and didn't care. <laughs> which was which was tremendously opposite of what was true. It's totally the No, and the thing of it is, is I, I'm, I'm actually, I like to, now this is really turning into therapy, and I apologize. Um, I'm an introvert in an extrovert's body in life, uh, interestingly enough. Uh, when I'm in a room full of people, I kind of want to become the wallpaper. And it's only on stage that I'm actually able to do this. And so I think when I switched to theater, I wasn't really used to being around a lot of extroverts. And I, I sat back a little bit, and I think my, my teachers um, thought that I was unengaged. But actually, I just didn't know, I think, quite how to engage in the beginning. Um, but luckily, they didn't cut me, which was great. <laughs> and uh, I got to refine my love of theater. I, I grew up doing theater in high school. Um, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to perform. Uh, and actually, that was a great lesson that they taught me to kind of be able to put myself forward uh, a bit more, which is not my natural inclination. An introvert in an extrovert's body in life. That describes so many of us and that we never really had a way to describe it before. 
I shared a clip of Aaron talking about that and so many commented on it and said that it was them too or that they want to become the wallpaper in life when they're in certain social situations but they come alive when whether they're teaching or they're on stage performing themselves and Aaron just made something that in a way felt wrong to many feel normalized by talking about it and giving it a term to describe it. I don't think he realizes the impact that this story has had on so many, but it really did. And Aaron spoke more about his time in the musical theater program, and he shared that for auditions and classes, there were songs that the instructors told them that they were not allowed to perform because they were so overdone since they were so popular at the time. And Aaron said that I could be in love with someone like you was on the do not sing list. That song is always so much fun to watch Aaron perform when he gives off his little Irish accent or does the river dance. Like, what else could you want? And after he finished the song, he said, quote, If any of my teachers are here in the audience, that song was actually cut from the last five years, so I thought it was free reign. End quote. He said something similar after he finished singing One Song Glory and Without You from Rent. Aaron's cover of Without You keeps moving up the list of favorite songs that he performs. It's so beautiful, and the way he hits the last few notes just... wow. Now, I know that this wasn't planned, but I love that the timing of Aaron's concert coincided with the season finale of Chicago. So many of us watched the finale either Tuesday night or Wednesday before the concert, and then we got to hear Aaron take on both Danny Bailey and Topher to perform You Can't Tame Me and Doorway to Wear. He was so animated during both of those songs, and in Doorway to Wear, Aaron's moves for Camels Make Love in the Desert now lives rent-free in my mind. Now the final song of the night. I mean, final, quote, because we all know there would be an encore. As if Aaron's being alive isn't emotional enough, before he performed the song, he told the audience this story. The scariest song that I've ever sang on stage, night to night, because I never truly knew what it was going to mean to me, and... uh... And it um, had, a, had a very uh, unique experience that while singing the song, um, uh, my grandmother passed away, it was about five years ago, not while singing it, but during the run of the show. And, um, and the song that night and forever after that just took a whole other meaning. And uh, I just think that that's what's so beautiful about storytelling through song and musical theater is that these things, even a song, that's very recognizable, and I've known it for a long time. I was doing a show and singing eight times a week, and it just changed totally, and it still changes. And um, now, not only do I get to think about the wonderful experience I had doing the show, but uh, I just get to think about her too. It's pretty cool. 
Aaron told the story about his grandmother at his Kane concert as well, and it just puts so much into perspective for why he goes through so many emotions while performing being alive. At one point in the song at Mercyhurst, he covered his face with his hands, and in the audience, you cannot help but go on that emotional ride with him. I mean, Aaron does storytelling through song so, so well. Then the encore. Aaron comes back out with Brian, and he just says, like, it's just an unspoken understanding on stage that they say that that was the last song, and they go away, and then they come back, and then they really perform the last song. He said it's just something that you do, but the audience always knows that there's going to be one more. And Aaron, he absolutely blew us away with the movie version of Your Song. However, He doubted himself when he first started singing the song, and Brian was quick to say what all of us already know. stated ahead of time that the concert would be about 70 to 90 minutes, but oh my gosh, did the time just fly by. Meeting up with everyone in the lobby after the show, we were all just in awe of what we just experienced, and we made our way out in the rain to try to catch Aaron leaving the stage door. What an unexpected, special surprise that was. When Aaron came out, everyone was just so excited to see him. He was adorable, smiling at everyone and waving, and no one made an assumption that Aaron would be taking pictures or signing things. Everyone was just so respectful in asking him if he would sign or would take a photo, and Aaron spent time in the rain with us when I'm sure his introverted self wanted to just get in the car and head to the hotel. Once in the car, one of my friends actually walked over to his car window and Aaron laughed before he rolled down the window to take a selfie with her. And I feel so lucky to have been standing right next to her because I was able to sneak over there next and get a little video photo with him as well. All of the things I was hoping to experience at the concert, getting a photo with Aaron just wasn't on the list of things that I thought would happen. And the fact that it did just makes everything about the night so much more special. 
Even as Aaron's car backed out of the parking spot to drive away, he rolled the window back down and waved to everyone one more time and said thank you. We just don't deserve him. He's our national treasure and needs to be protected at all costs. After the concert, just like after walking out of seeing Moulin Rouge, I was riding the Aaron High. I don't think I can ever adequately describe what it feels like to be in his presence in person. Like, not only is Aaron a spectacular performer, but he is such a kind, genuine human. Someone who possesses characteristics and acts in a way that we should all strive to emulate. In interviews for Smigadoon, Aaron has shared that after this concert, he's off for a while and he's excited for some warm months off for the first time in a long time. And I hope that he gets that time to just relax with Erica and Miles and enjoy some time on the golf course. But I also cannot wait to see what he has in store for us next. Thank you so much for listening today and for your support of this podcast. Please like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen so that you get notified of new episodes on Thursdays. And if you're looking for more fun Aaron content, you can find me on Instagram at tevading underscore patiently or on TikTok at tevading patiently. Hope to have you back here for episode 45.